to Speak Your Mind, the podcast with Carla Peva. Today we will be speaking with a special guest, Chanel Vogt. She will be sharing her story with us today. Welcome, Chanel. Tell us your story and how it started. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so my story takes me back to growing up, growing up in a home where um, I had a very loving and supportive family who um, I had two brothers and a sister and we were all really involved in, in different sports and activities. And my parents were always there for us. They were always encouraging us to pick something up new or encouraging us on the sidelines, cheering for us and always making um, us feel supported and, and encouraged along the way. And, Beautiful. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I, for one, was involved in was the sport of figure skating. And with the sport of figure skating came a lot of um, a, a lot of things, a lot of events, a lot of competitions, and it was something that I really just loved. And my parents were there um, to to push me when I need to be pushed, um, to support me when I need to be supported, and to uh, just really encourage me um, as I was learning the sport of figure skating. When I was in about the seventh grade, my parents had seen that I was doing really well and had decided that in order for me to get the best coaching, um, I was going to need to um, take some time off of school every, every week in order to travel and, and to be coached where um, the best coaches were that were closest to us. Wow. That's great. I mean, the fact that they were willing to remove you from school to allow you to reach that dream, right? Absolutely. They they ended up homeschooling me from grade 7 to grade 12 um, in support of continuing my figure skating dream. And, uh, and, and it was amazing. I was able to skate five, three to four hours a day. Um, I was able to compete at competitions and it was it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience, especially having family parents who were there supporting me and saying, yes, you can do this because it's not it, it, it's a very expensive sport. And the amount of time that was going into it and the amount of time that they spent driving me back and forth until I had my own vehicle to do that, it was a huge um sacrifice on on their behalf especially with three other siblings that were all in their own special sports as well for sure Mm -hmm. and um is the figuring um skating the um like successful in which you actually became um you know, famous for it, or did it reach that it became like a career to you? Right. So I had done uh, figure skating and and no, so I I didn't become famous of it. Um, But it was something that I was very good at. And I was working my way up to the senior level. And um, I was about 17 years old, turning 18 at the time, when I actually decided or I didn't decide I had this opportunity from another former figure skater that I had skated with um, in train but with before um, she was doing the Miss Canada pageant and I actually I was with my family and we were down at um, you know just like a, a, a farmer's market on Saturday morning downtown and uh, that's when we saw her with this sash and crown and I was like oh my gosh I totally want to do that um, and she's like, you can, you can totally try out. So um, I looked at my parents. My parents looked at me kind of strangely because, you know, my focus is figure skating and this is completely out on left field. Like um, <laughs> it wasn't something that I was, um, we were ever um, 
into as a family. We'd never watched a pageant even before, not even the Miss Universe pageants. It just wasn't a thing in our house. Sports. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, sports were really just the main focus. Um, And so, you know, as being a homeschooled individual, I um, decided that, you know, this is a good opportunity for me to meet other women and other girls. So for sure. Yeah. And so I told my parents, I said, well, you know, I have something to bring to the table. And, um, and one of those things is, is this is an opportunity that I didn't get going to school. This is an opportunity where I can meet and mingle and learn about how other girls act other than the figure skaters who are super laser focused in the change room. And so, um, so I brought that argument to my parents and they're like, how can we say no? (laughs) You know, being the supportive and loving family that they are, they, they wanted what I wanted. And, and that was like such a beautiful thing in that very moment. It was, you know, yes, this is what I want. Yeah. It was all about your happiness. If you're happy. I'm happy kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I, I totally get that now as a, as a, my own, like being a parent now, but back then it was like, oh my gosh, this is like so cool. And, um, and so going into the pageant, I was able to do just that, meet other women. Some women that I met back then, I have a handful of them that are, my closest girlfriends today and I think that's such a beautiful thing that I was able to to gain out of that experience um also yeah also out of that experience I gained um the opportunity to learn how to public speak I gained the opportunity to go to events both charity events fundraising events and all the way up to um, you know, galas and, and the Toronto Film Festival. We had gone to opening and closing ceremonies. We got to experience a lot of really interesting things. And at the same time, develop building a platform that other women and other girls and other people can look up to as we are in the community, we are involved in the community, and we want to show ourselves, shine our lights out into the community of how we would like to see other people live as well. And um, how, um, like while going through that journey, you got to visit and travel different countries? Yes, I did. So um, leading up, so once I got to the actual pageant, I, I went through the Miss Canada Globe pageant and the actual national competition. And my goal wasn't to win. My goal was to go there and experience. And that's what happened. But because I had put so much effort, like I did when I was figure skating, my focus was this year was at that point was, now let's put everything I can into this opportunity. And that's what I did. That's what I was taught to do my whole life. And that's what I did in this situation. And during that opportunity on the stage at the very end of the competition, I ended up in the top five. And when you get to the top five, that's when you're then asked questions. And, and I thought at this point, you know, I've gotten as far as I needed to come You know, whatever happens, I'm just so happy and grateful that I was able to gain all this friendship, gain all this experience and take it with me the rest of my life. But what ended up happening was I walked away from that national pageant taking home Miss Canada Globe. And with that title came huge responsibility. With that title came so many more experiences. And in that experience, I was able to go into international countries and then become that ambassador that I became as a Canadian representative for those pageants. And I ended up competing at Miss Globe International, which was held in Europe back in 2009. And I was there for about five weeks. And I 
I had such an incredible time. I knew that I needed to show up in that moment, in that space, representing Canada with the brightest light that I could shine. And, and that's what I did. Um, during that time, I, it, you know, my parents even came, they were there for the last week. Um, unfortunately, I ended up getting really, really sick, but I was still able to experience a lot of most of the pageant. It was just the last few days where I was really not feeling so great. But I was able to hop onto that stage and actually because I wasn't feeling good, my mom was behind the scenes with me getting me dressed. But I was able to walk away with the title, um, two titles actually. One was Miss Harley Davidson, which was a really fun one because it was a big, huge group of Harley Davidson uh, riders. And they actually got to choose who their favorite was after spending the day with us out and about. And um, and so that was a really... That's interesting. Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, it was fun. And it was it was really nice to be chosen by someone not a part of the pageant because you never know how these <laughs> these pageant go um but it was a really great opportunity and um later um at the very last night i ended up taking home the title miss golden girl and what that title represents is the girl who has the most golden of hearts and even though i didn't take away um you know winning top five or top ten i was able to bring home a crown that meant something more to me than just being miss globe it was someone who could shine their light and that others could see their heart as being pure and and i thought that was very special um it is i mean i'm all about that myself you know uh, about the golden heart and you know um, you having that title it's just like such a priceless moment um, that no one can ever take that away from you no thank you so much and it's a moment that you know my parents were there to witness and it was just so beautiful and, and to this day I feel very honored and proud to have been able to bring that title home amazing mm -hmm. and uh, after you got all those titles and um you know and you celebrated with your friends family is that the moment that you also found love it was um leading up to that pageant during the year that i was miss canada as i said we got to experience many different events and one event in particular was the event that brought love into my life and love for the first time because I'd been homeschooled. I hadn't had this experience of relationships. And um, and so we were at a, a really fun fashion show and uh, there was this one particular individual who who stuck out. He stuck out and, uh, and at the end, um, you know, flashed a wink and, and, and I thought that was really, really special that someone is now, you know, recognizing me and, and showing interest in me. And as I was involved and in, around all of these other um, young women who were younger and older, and many of them had boyfriends, some of them even were at the age of becoming engaged and getting married, I thought, you know what, it, you know, I've, I've waited, I've been so focused on skating, and then I was focused on this pageant, and now it's my turn, it's my turn to learn what love is all about and uh and so yes so that's that's when a little bit before the miss canada um miss globe um pageant but yes that's that's when i discovered love for the first time and um and it was really it felt magical it felt beautiful it felt you know a, a little bit um you know in in a way it was my parents had never seen this in me before they they were kind of not not okay with with their their first daughter starting to date um especially because you know the the beginning i i didn't know if the date was going to be something that would last forever so why would my parents need to meet yeah. him at first right yeah plus um i guess i could see their concern because um for them they wanted always to make you happy and make sure that you're happy but once 
you fall in love or you're in love with someone or you connect deeply with someone else that it's out of their circle then it's kind of hard for them to make sure that that person will provide to you that same happiness and that same love right absolutely and um this this all came in a time where i was learning how to now navigate a relationship navigate you know being miss canada going internationally um you know feeling the dynamics of being at home with my family um no longer figure skating which was like a big thing um that that all kept us grounded now this is all new and um and and as months progressed and in, into a, a year and a half or so um i was i was dating him um my parents had met him a handful of times and and i had gotten to a point where our family had gotten to a point where um my dad decided that he was going to leave he was going to separate from my mom and and that meant him taking his belongings and moving out of our house and it was something that none of us saw coming um it was very um it was a, a huge emotional impact for all of us and all i can really speak to is myself because that's the only thing that i can really that like share and validate was that this emotional impact was so huge that i now began to cling on to cling on to my boyfriend because i thought the man who has supported and loved me my whole life has decided to leave and not only leave our family but not even communicate and so i had gone months without talking to my dad and this was during the period of um you know now i'm back um miss canada is kind of over there's some modeling opportunities but do i really want to take that and now because i had um had gone into the pageant at 17 years old i had decided to take a year off and go into um go into school after the pageant since i had won i i thought might as well take this whole year experience everything that it has to offer as well as you know learn about this relationship and then do school after and so my dad had just left now i'm clinging on to my boyfriend because i don't want him to leave because i'm starting to feel loved by him and i'm feeling you know so almost abandoned by by my dad and um and now i have to go to school so when schools were starting to come in and and offers were coming i had decided to choose a school that was the farthest away <laughs> and uh <laughs> that came to mind for two reasons one it was an amazing scholarship to to be in that school um but the main reason why i decided to go there was you know what if if this relationship is going to work then it's going to work and 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 if it, you know if we can handle the long distance thing then great that summer leading up to going to school um my boyfriend at the time he was trying he was actually moving so he's moving from his condo and um he had asked me to come up one weekend to help him move and of course i would of course absolutely so i went and brought my uh, carry on or my night like my uh stay over bag and and during that weekend um it was fun uh, a lot of hard work but we were you know getting excited um talking about you know where i might decide to go for school and and this was this was just in and around the time that my dad had left and i was brushing my teeth um at one point and he came up behind me and he he slapped my face while I was brushing my teeth and then immediately after he you know gave me a hug from behind and he laughed and he's like you know I would never hurt you I love you so much and and you know I'm so grateful and thankful for you and you helping me this weekend and you know I'm so proud of you for all the things you've accomplished but you know and but as that was happening 
tears were coming down my face. I was trying not to cry, but tears were coming because it was so out of the blue. And, um, and, and that was really my first encounter with, um, this opera, this, this situation. Um, I really didn't know what to think of it. And I thought at the time, you know, he's just being silly. He didn't mean it. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna let it go and it's never gonna happen again. And we'll enjoy the rest of the rest of the weekend. So basically you thought that you were overreacting of something that he was putting it out as it was just a joke. Yes. But obviously it was beyond just a joke because you felt hurt to the point that tears were coming out. So, but then you had to kind of self-talk and say, well, you know what? Um, maybe I'm just overreacting, so let's just let it go. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then after that, um, did you uh, continue the relationship uh, long distance? Yes, we did. So I ended up going away to school, which was about a four or five hour drive from where he lived. I would come back on the weekends, every weekend that I could. Um, and over that time, you know, we had some ups and downs in terms of like, you, you know, he wanted to go out and do his thing. And, uh, and I was like, well, I'm coming down for the weekend. So can't I, can't we spend some time together? And he's like, no, I'm busy. Um, there was one day where I actually just ended up showing up at his house <laughs> and he was really upset with that. Um, but it was already planned. I was already, I had already bought my ticket to, to take the train down. Um, and, and, but we worked through that and we figured, you know what, why not, why not just make this work? You know, we're, we're 21, 22 years old, turning 23, maybe soon. And, and, you know, this is, is, if this is what we really want, if this is really working, then, then why not just make a life of it? So there were moments where, you know, it was rough and it was, he was very quick to be be angry and then there were other minutes where he's just like you're you know you're the woman for me and we should just get married and have kids and just start our family and you know um, I grew up in a in a in a family where like you know my mom started having kids when she was your age and we're at the right age and we should do it now while we're young and so that's what we decided to do we decided to go to a, a mosque and we got married and then um, later we ended up getting pregnant with my son. And so was the um, marriage decision uh, uh, a freely decision of yours? You wanted the same or did you feel pressure of him towards um, of such change in your life? Because, you know, marriage and living with someone, it is a milestone and it is a, a, a big change and commitment in your life yeah. right so I, I was that was that a, a, like something that you really wanted it or did he really taught you into I, it I looking back I really believe that it was something that he talked me into um, we absolutely weren't ready for that um, I was totally not ready for it. And um, I um, I feel like I was going through so much hurt from my dad leaving that I just wanted to make him happy. And if this is what he wanted, I was just going with it. At this point, I didn't even know how to think for myself. I was just constantly in this relationship of ups and downs that I just had to just please him and do what he said and I figured you know you know I've lost my dad I and I've, I've got you so we might as well make this happen and you know I'll show my parents that I can <laughs> and this was a thought that came through my mind you know I'm going to show my parents that I can have a, a healthy good relationship and I'm going to be married 
my whole life and have lots of kids and life is going to be great. And, and that was not the case. <laughs> um, so you basically felt that looking back now, it's basically fear is the reason why you stayed in that decision in that relationship because you had that fear of losing a male figure in your life that you had given yourself to because he was your first love that's exactly it absolutely and and also the different situations that would come up i felt like you know i can't let go of him because he loves me and another thing that's was feeding into it as well was, you know, I've been with him and now that means that I can never be with anybody else. And so that was something that I struggled with too. And, and, but at that point, yes, I, it was absolutely fear and, um, fear of, of losing someone else that I have so closely in my life. Someone who I've now shared myself with, who, who's seen me, um, and that was a very scary thing. So yes, I, I truly do believe that I did it out of out of fear. Do you find that um, you loved him more than he loved you? I definitely believe that. Um, because why else would he continue to say like, you know, you're, you know, one, one day he, he wants me and we want to have this family. And then the next day he's being like, he would be like, no, I mean, I don't want you coming. I don't want to see you. Like, don't bother buying your ticket. I'm not going to pick you up. You can take the bus. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, a, it was back and forth all the time. And then when I would come and I'd take the bus and I'd drive seven hours to come and see him on a bus. And, and I'd, you know, walk half the way to his house because he wouldn't come pick me up. And then when I'm there, he rewards me and says, oh, I love you so much. I can't believe you go out of your way to do this. So it was a real battle in my mind as to, I mean, I'm not worth anything to you half the time. And then the other half the time, I'm like, you're princess. But like, what is it? What do I, but I wanted to be that princess. So I went out of my way to do whatever I could to walk on eggshells to make sure that I showed up the way that he wanted me to show up. I really, I really couldn't be myself. And then still you married him? Yes. And, um, and you guys uh, started living together. Okay, how was that journey of living together and starting a family yeah. together. So during the time that we had decided that, yes, I was going to be, um, we were going to start this family. I living together, it was really interesting because it was now an opportunity where we were going to be together 24 hours, <laughs> seven days a week, um, other than going to work. And you really got to, you really get to see someone's colors come out on both sides, right? And for me, I was was scared. I was scared because now I'm pregnant with this baby and and now we're committed. Like there's no getting out of this now. Um, And I now have only one year of school under my belt. And now with a baby, how am I supposed to go back to school? I mean, I was just, at this point, I was fully committed. There was no turning back. This was the life I chose. Now I have this baby, I'm just gonna deal with it one day at a time. But it was even more difficult because I had no contact with friends. I had no contact with family because of the the give and take that that, um, from my mom and my parents and my family not really liking him because, you know, I'm now spending all my time with him. And so that was kind of built up over the three years to the point where now we're living with each other. He's controlling my, all my income. I don't get any of it. Um, he is controlling my phone. Um, you know, my job was to make sure the house was extremely clean, tidy all the time. Um, vacuum, um, all at this point, he was really into bodybuilding. So 
all of his meal meals needed to be prepped for a certain amount of days. So I did like three days worth of meals. Um, it, it was five meals a day. So I, I was just cooking all day, every third day. And, um, and now at this point, having a child coming into the world and because I had to go, go to school the year before and the amount of time that I worked, I wasn't able to accumulate enough hours to get maternity leave. So I had two weeks off um, once my son was born and then I was going back to work. So now we're living together. We now have a child. I'm trying to organize the whole house. He's trying to work. I'm trying to work. I'm tired. I'm trying to communicate in the most kindest of ways, always thinking so carefully how I speak, because if I'm not careful as to what I'm going to say, he might freak out. I might get another slap on the face. I might be yelled at. I might be called every horrible name a girl could ever be called in a book. And I am now at this point where we are learning how to be this couple. We're stuck in this and there's no way of getting out. If he gets upset, I have to deal with it. Um, and I have to be so quiet and, and reserved so that, you know, he can be happy and that I can just, I can just live and be here and just raise this kid the best that I can. And um, you have repeated more than once that you know you're you're stuck and this is it uh, what makes you think that that was the the situation like why did you think that you were stuck and that was it from there there was no yeah, exit. there were a lot of a lot of threats two two real reasons one reason was perhaps the shame and the guilt of, you know, jumping into this with both feet, wanting to show my parents that I can have a successful marriage and, and not leave my partner. That was one thing. Another thing was that he would constantly tell me that I wasn't good enough, um, that I would never be allowed to, to date anyone else, that if he did, he knows people and, and they know people and, and they would come after me. And he had, he had shared with me um, on the last day after the final assault happened, um, and there were many along, along the road, but um, this final one where I said I had had enough. I had been shocked with a dog collar. I had been hit with a knife sharpener. I had been, my head had been pounded on the sink on the on the sink in the bathroom i had been dragged out of the shower by my ponytail and i had had i i, I couldn't i i just i couldn't bear leaving even though i was going through so much trauma and pain and discomfort and fear i couldn't leave because he said i will come and get you i will find you and so he would uh, he would threaten you because at this point it sounds like he knew your weakness and he knew um, how much you loved him so he was kind of taking advantage of that plus you had a child with him and then you were expecting again for another child and he would be abusive to you while you were That's right. pregnant. That's right. And while you were being abused by him, the fact that you've never stood up for yourself made him feel that, okay, I got this. I'm in control. And uh, she will not do anything because she has fear. She's afraid. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly it. So now where I'm I'm curious is where did Chanel wake up and said, I am taking my power 
and I'm gonna stand up for myself and my children because I've had enough, I have a life, and I have the right to live my life the way I want. Absolutely. That moment came in May back in 2012, and I had just been hit for the last time that I wasn't gonna take it again. And he was on his way, he was getting his ready to work, and I had made eggs the wrong way, so he, he just had a fit and he went to raise his hand to slap me on the face and that's when I said I will call the cops and then he was like I can't believe you just said that and I he's like here's my phone call them right now call them and then of course I cried I went reverted back into my myself and he's like I can't believe you said that to make a really long story short, I ended up, um, uh, he ended up calling his mom. His mom called, uh, talked to me. She told me to do my womanly things to calm him down. And, and at that point I was like, I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to say anything. And, and he's just going to go to work and I'm going to figure this out. And at that point I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea. I had spent days and, and weeks crying in the shower, wondering what to do. I had gone to my mom, she was watching my son the week before. And I remember this so clearly telling her, I don't know, just be ready. I didn't say anything else. She had no clue what's going on. I just said, I don't know when, just be ready. And May 8, 2012 was the day that she needed to be ready. And I had gone, um, after he had left to go to work, I went to my neighbors and I shared with them. I said, listen, this is what's happened. These are my bruises. I don't know what to do. I have no money because he's been controlling all my finances. Um, I had told them I was gonna call the cops, but, but I don't even know what to do. So they ended up calling, I ended up calling my mom on their phone, left a message, she was on the phone. I ran back and my neighbors are just like, listen, We'll take care of the baby. You pack only what you need. And as soon as your mom calls back, um, we'll come in, we'll let you know that she's on her way. And at that point, I was so scared because I was like, what if he decides to come home early from work? What if I don't leave in time? What if my mom doesn't get my message? What if, what if, what if? But I thought, you know what? Like, I don't have control over this anymore. The only thing I have control over was the decision that I made that I had had enough. And I knew that by making that decision, the higher power was going to take care of the rest. And that is exactly what happened. A half an hour later, my neighbors came running into the house saying, your mom is on her way. She's going to be, she's on her way. She's in the car. Your brother's coming. They've got the trailer. Like they're just going to load you all up and you're just going to go and you're going to be safe and you're going to be fine. And so that was the day that okay. I I really just, I had enough and I had taken action to leave. I knew that I wasn't able to leave when he was there because I wouldn't have been safe. I don't know what he would have tried to do. But I knew that once he left for work, that was my window of opportunity to leave. Okay. And, um, and then what happened after you left? After I left, um, I ended up going to my mom's and I actually gave my brother my phone and I said, I know you guys don't know I have a phone, but here it is. Take it, take the battery out. I don't want to hear from him because I know because of our history that I would just go back to him because that's what I would do. And I don't have any financial income. I have no idea where my future is going to take me at this point. But all I knew was that I was safe. My son was safe. And at that point, my mom had no idea until the day that she arrived. And I'm like, by the way, I'm pregnant again. And uh, that was, you know, I, even though I'd seen her and she was watching my son once a week, that that's the amount of information she had. She had no clue. I was like four months along with my next child. 
I was just not allowed. I was so afraid to share anything. And, um, and so at that point, I ended up moving to a safe house for about two and a half, three years while we got, went through two criminal court cases with him and a family court case. And during that time, it was actually like a year later, I had had my daughter, we were going through all of this and I decided I need to do something for me now. I need to create a life that I can provide for my kids and that we can be safe. And by doing that and realizing that, I decided to go back to school. And that's when I decided to pick up um, law and psychology and for six years I studied school and I traveled back and forth um, and, and my kids um, and raising my kids and, and finishing up all the court cases after three and a half years. And I ended with a degree in law and a degree in psychology. And I, I decided, you know what, now it's time to go out and get a job and really provide for this family. And I ended up you know, landing a job on Bay Street at a, at a high, um, a well-known uh, corporate law firm. And, um, and um, yeah. why did you have the need to go into law and psychology? You could have uh, gotten something that it's more um, creative or happier since you went through that, you know, uh, bad experience in your life. Why yeah. law? That's really, yeah. And know what, this is so interesting because I wanted so badly when I went, decided to go back to school, I thought, why not immerse myself in educating myself and finding understanding as to how and what I'm going through right now. So I was looking for answers because I didn't have any answers and I didn't know where else to look. So I thought the only thing that made sense to me was I need to go back to school for two reasons. Number one, I thought law because if I become a lawyer or if I study law, I at least understand it and can eventually provide my own um, my own support or being able to provide um, you know myself with the tools that I need. If ever the case were to be that I would have to come back into the the court system later on for family court or what have you but also mm -hmm. psychology because I really wanted to know what I experienced and I also wanted to know by taking many children behavior class um, classes I wanted to know and support now being only 22 23 24 years old as a single mom with no support from him he didn't show up to family court um, and he was accused of, of two different um, criminal court cases and served time. And so for me, I wanted to per make sure that I had the knowledge and understanding that I needed in order to provide a safe and um, secure home for my kids and to be able to understand behavior and understand why I may have gotten into this or understand how my kids are acting and to be able to respond in a loving and kind way. One of the things that I feared was after seeing and experiencing everything that I had experienced was that I'm either going to be one of two things. I'm either going to be a super protective mother that's going to be so loving and supportive that like I'm now a helicopter mom or it's the other extreme of being like, I don't know how to handle with these emotions. So I wanted to gain the experience and, and the knowledge of how is it that I really need to raise these kids? What understanding can I bring to the table that can enhance our lives as being these three, you know, this, this little family, this little new family. And, um, so the fact is it safe to say that this is how you kind of reborn yourself and and uh um kind of overcame uh your situation by rebuilding yourself to a new person with a new chapter and a new family yes absolutely i think the education was the beginning um, the beginning of learning how to reestablish myself, reestablish 
this family from the ground up knowing that they're so young and and this is my opportunity to do it you know there there may not be a perfect right way but this was the way that made most sense to me and by being able to put myself out there and be challenged by raising two children on my own and going to school for me that put in my perspective as I am doing a good job and by doing a good job I am being a good mom and by providing myself with a career and not waiting I'm able to have a career and still enjoy the benefits of of um, raising my kids up because the other option could have been you know go go out and just get whatever job you can get work nine to five or work whatever hours you need to work in order to provide for your kids where this gave me the opportunity to start a career in the in the path that my heart was being called to rather than just you know just starting life I felt like this this education this path that I took gave me the time I needed to heal it gave me the um the tools I needed to build and it gave me a life that I felt safe and secure and the number one thing for me was my question after I left was how am I going to provide for my kids and my realization you know this is now nine years later I did the right thing for me because I wanted to provide for my kids so that they could have the things that that um, the education or or the support and the life experiences that came with for sure. building a life together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I am sure that your children look at you as a, a role model, an inspiration towards you know as they also go through their own journey in life um, you know having a strong mother a friend uh, someone that you know has chosen them and be strong for them and for yourself it's something that I am sure they pro- they share or speak to you about these things right they do it was just last year that I decided to take a mediation course and and kind of change my career in the same field, but just doing a different genre in mediation. And my kids have continued to see throughout their lives that mommy is doing school. Mommy is working hard. Mommy is learning something new. And that's something that I want my kids to to understand and I think they do because I see it now that we're in this situation where their kids are learning from home they sit down and they work and they're like I'm I'm working like mommy works and you're right we they we are a mere reflection they are a mere reflection of us and how they act and how they respond is what they learn from home and because we've been home together this past you know year and a bit I've really seen how important it is to make sure that you are of a healthy mind, you are of a healthy spirit, and you are of a healthy, whatever healthy means to you, but you're in that right, peaceful, safe space so that they can also feel it and that they can embrace it and respond to life in that same kind of way. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, I love it. Um, it's just like amazing, you know, um, how you're still managing and, um, you know, and how you've seen things so differently now and, uh, and how your children have, uh, embraced the change and look at you in a good way, you know, inspirational. Now, um, Chanel, is there a special message you would like to uh, share with our listeners oh my goodness yes there there is so much that I'd like to share but one thing particular is that 
for for me i didn't see it but once i changed my paradigm the moment i chose to get up and to leave the disruption in my life that was the very moment that healing started entering into my life that is the moment that i remembered happiness and that is a decision that becomes filled with you and and you feel the abundance of joy that exists all around but what really it comes down to is making that decision and there are so many things that people can get wrapped around when it comes to being in an abusive relationship whether it's um, the abuse emotional financially um, sexually um, verbally all of that but what what really is important is knowing that there is a way out there are people who support you and will support you there are so many avenues that you can take to feel safe that you can take to feel secure that um, there are are there are ways that you can be provided for to get you up on your feet um, but at the end of the day i want people to know that they are so loved and that when you're in or if you're in a situation where you're not feeling loved know that you are being loved and it's just a matter of of you borrowing the love from other people until you feel that love within yourself and that's okay to do because once you begin to feel that love again you're gonna see and look back at your story and say wow i can share this one day and to minister and, and share your testimony with other people who can find hope and encouragement. Um, so to never give up and that if there is something in your heart saying that, you know, you're looking for love, just know that the first place you're really truly gonna find that is within yourself. And it, it comes down to the decision of what is it going to take for you to love yourself again? Wow, that's beautifully stated. I mean, that's very deep. Um, and, uh, you know, Chanel, I would like to uh, thank you for sharing your inspirational story with us today. And for all the listeners out there, a big thank you. And keep tuning in for our next episode. Namaste.